Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode 77. I'm your host, Eric Moore. This week, we're going to be asking, will Tesla actually join the S&P 500 index? What's required to join the index? In other words, what does a company need to have before the committee will sort of allow them in? Can they make exceptions? Um, We'll look at what their earnings are, uh, their market cap. Where would Tesla fall within the S&P 500 if it was added today? And when do they make changes? Um, And what are some sort of historical things that happen with indexes? So without further ado, there was a, um, well, first of all, uh, what are the general requirements to go into the S&P 500 index? And why do companies, you know, why why do some investors want that to happen? Well, one of the main reasons why is, in theory, if you're added to an index, um, if index funds, so, you know, the SPY, let's say, or the Vanguard uh, S&P 500 equivalent, Fidelity, any, anybody has, you know, an S&P 500 index fund. In theory, those indexes, which hold a lot of money, would have to go out and purchase shares. So often, you know, if people think a stock is going to be added to an index, they might think that's good. They might want to own that. Obviously, getting dropped from an index um, you know, wouldn't be as good. And by the way, Tesla is already in a big index. They are a member of the NASDAQ 100 index. And that NASDAQ 100 index um, is a weighted, a market cap weighted index. And so you take the number of shares outstanding times the price that gets you the market cap. No surprise, Apple is the, the largest weighted. They make up a little over 12% of the index. Microsoft, uh, over a little bit over 11. Amazon, a little bit over, well, just shy of 11. So Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon make up, you know, over 32% of that index. Tesla, as of the recent data I have, they actually are number seven on a market weight, you know, a percentage of the index. The, The larger the stock, the more impact it has on the index. And they were about 2.6, you know, if we round up a little bit, uh, based upon, you know, their their recent closing price. So they're already in the NASDAQ 100 index. And generally the NASDAQ 100, from memory, I think you have to be NASDAQ listed. You know, I don't know if they, if they still require a NASDAQ listing. I'd have to look at that. Um, but U.S., you know, U.S. companies in there. Um, but so what does it take to get into the S&P 500? And as you'll hear in a second, they've got an earnings report coming up. And that could potentially be a factor. So to qualify to get into the S&P 500 index, which of course is also a weighted index, it's got more than 500 companies, but, you know, some stocks have A and B shares and Anyway, we'll leave, we'll leave that for another time. But to qualify to be in the index, um, according to some of the guidelines, must be a U.S. company, have an unadjusted market cap of at least $8.2 billion. So remember, that's the number of shares outstanding times the, the price of the company. To put that into perspective, Apple and Microsoft are like you know $1.5 trillion. At least 50% of the corporation's stock must be available to the public. So if it's too closely held, right, that would 
that would be a problem. Uh, stock must be at least a dollar per share. Certainly Tesla meets that. It's got to file a 10K. Um, at least 50% of its fixed assets and revenues must be in the United States. And here's the one that kind of has some people on the edge of their seat. And finally, and this was, uh, uh, I found this by Googling this. Uh, you can Google There's an article by um, The Balance. I knew most of this, uh, but I wanted to provide a reference. Of course, I'll put this in, in other things in the show notes. But they say, finally, it must have at least four consecutive quarters of positive earnings. And, you know, they don't mention it in their article, but I know it's mentioned other places. I believe the last quarter has to be positive. So, you know, that's, uh, as we look at Tesla, where does that put them? Well, certainly they meet on the idea of uh, the market cap. Now, they've been quite volatile. And I took a look the other day and, you know, remember when their price was something like 1700 I think it closed Friday at something uh, like 1500 uh, They actually, if they would have been in the S&P 500, they would have been on a weighted basis in the top 10. So they closed uh, on Friday, I believe, right about $280 billion. Uh, You know what, let me look at this just to make sure and give you the right number. Uh, about two, yeah, two seventy eight point two billion is is their market cap. All right, and but here's the issue with them: they have had three quarters in a row of positive EPS or earnings per share. Uh, you look back, so they reported April twenty ninth, positive a uh, buck fourteen, positive two oh six, two dollars and six cents. Reported at the end of January. Reported in October of last year, positive 186. Prior to that, their previous, uh, this is July of 2019, they were negative 72 cents per share. I'm not sure if these are, you know, gap, generally accepted accounting principles, um, but you get the idea, right? So here's the issue. They're going to report earnings or are scheduled to report earnings July 22nd. It uh, looks like the estimate, and the estimate is actually, so the consensus analyst estimate is actually negative, negative 0.28, so negative 28 cents per share. Um, and that's actually up. It was negative $1.59 back on April 17th. So analysts have adjusted their earnings estimates up, but we'll see. Um you know, they would have to, at least according to the, you know, the criteria, uh, it seems to be, you know, the general criteria, they would not have the most recent quarter of positive earnings, and they certainly would not have four quarters in a row of positive earnings. So, you know, July 22nd, if you're somebody who is waiting to see if they meet, you know, the general criteria, uh, that is yet to be determined. Now, in a Fortune article, and I will link to this as well, uh, let me see what the writer here is, uh, Jen uh, Weitzner, I hope I, I pronounced her name right. If I didn't, I apologize. Uh, wrote an article, I'll link to it. Um, one of the things that you know she makes mention of is that uh, apparently there is, uh, let me find it in the article, they're saying the committee, 
Um, well, she actually in the article points to a Bloomberg Intelligence article and says uh, there's a little bit of fine print in the S&P Dow Jones Indices official documents, and that is the committee reserves the right to make exceptions when applying the methodology if the need arises. Such, di- such discretion, the analysts argue, is an acknowledgement the index rules occasionally need to be overridden. Um, and again, that they also uh, made mention in the article. It's unclear, though, if the S&P committee has ever actually bent its own rules. Uh, somebody for a spokesperson for S&P Dow Jones Indices had told Fortune. So not sure if uh, you know they actually uh, have ever done a change like that, uh, where they've actually overridden it. But according to their methodology, now by the way, let's say they they report earnings on the twenty second, and the committee, you know, says, "Hey, that's great. We're gonna put you in the index." Um, generally, what happens is now they they did a rebalance in June, and I can't remember if they actually put off the rebalance um, that was supposed to happen, and you know, they were supposed to do one probably in April. Uh, but I'd, I'd have to double check. But they're not scheduled again uh, to do another rebalance until September 21st. And so the article in Fortune, uh, same one, also says the committee does meet monthly and could potentially make changes to the index's constituents then. Uh, but uh, it also rebalances the index each quarter. And that's not scheduled to happen, as I mentioned, till September 21st. First, so it's uh, and they also mentioned too uh, changes to the S and P five hundred aren't made based upon when a company gains or loses eligibility, but rather whenever the index committee deems necessary. Necessary, um, and they say all that's to say there's no future date on the calendar when next changes will be made. They do mention though that. Um, in the past, typically they've done the announcement anywhere from four to 10 days ahead of when they actually take, when it actually takes effect. So that gives you an idea. So we know, we kind of went over why it's a, you know, a lot of people perceive it to be a good idea if you're in an index. Why? Because the indexes have to, to buy you. Um, where would the, the 270 billion in market cap where would that put them? Um, it actually would put them a little bit ahead of, I kind of pulled up some of the market caps from the other day. And if I look at, if I do a sort based upon market cap, uh, as I said, you know, 1.67 trillion is Apple, 1.5 trillion, Microsoft, 1.4 trillion, Google's over a trillion. Um, and then if Home Depot is the one, they're $280 billion. So based upon Tesla's market cap as of Friday, uh, if they were in the index already, they would be a little bit below Home Depot and ahead of Intel. Intel is $254 billion. Those are dynamic. Those are going to change, as I said the other day. I think the other day when they reached their all-time high, there was something like $380 billion. Um, you know, imagine that it's like just a hundred billion <laughs> sway difference in, in a couple of days in market cap, 
but uh, they actually would have surpassed Walmart and J&J. So remains to be seen. Uh, as I said, they're already in the NASDAQ 100. You know, Zoom video, you know, the Zoom video conferencing, they're actually in the NASDAQ 100 already. Uh, that, uh, and, and I'd have to find the exact methodology for that. Um, so it's interesting, though. Like, why, why do they make changes in general? And what, what happens? I'll give you an example. June 22nd. There were three additions, three subtractions. So who got kicked out of the index? Kicked out is not a, a right way of saying it, but you kind of get what I'm going here. Uh, where I'm going, Harley-Davidson, Nordstrom, Alliance Data Systems. They were re- removed, and that was just defined as a, a market capitalization change. And it looks like they added uh, uh, Teledyne, BioRed Laboratories, and Tyler Technologies, right? Um more recently, one of the, the names that's probably you know if you watch any TV or you get a newspaper, because they always give you those inserts, uh, Domino's Pizza was added May 12th to the index. And I mentioned, uh, was it was a couple, we did an episode, uh, I guess it got about a month ago right now, uh, and we were talking about Domino's a little bit. And is it actually on a compounded annual growth basis has done better than Google. They IPO'd right around the same time. So I'll, I'll certainly link to that. Uh, that's where I had a guest, William Rindon, and we talked uh, a little bit about Domino's. It's a technology company. The other reason why people would get removed out of the index, sometimes um, you know companies get acquired. So for example, you know, let, let's say Apple acquired Amazon. I'm just hypothetically talking, right? Well, uh, let's say it was an all-cash deal and there's no more Amazon stock. There's only Apple stocks. Okay, so Amazon would get uh, removed from the index, okay? Um, Sometimes things are moved to other indices. For example, April, I'm sorry, August of 19, Foot Locker was removed from the S&P 500 and moved to the S&P mid-cap 400 index, Okay. Uh, so companies come in and out. It's a living, breathing thing. And it's, it does uh, slant towards momentum because the, the larger the company, the more weight it has in uh, the index and the more it affects how the index changes. Uh, so most of these are market cap weighted. The Dow Jones uh, is sort of the, the outlier. They actually are price weighted. So you could have the largest stock on a market cap basis. If their price is number 30, you know, because there's 30 companies in the Dow Jones, um, they would be weighted the least. Give you an idea on the top. We talked about the NASDAQ 100, the S&P 500 as of the end of June. Uh, Microsoft was a little over 6%. Apple, uh, 5.8%. Amazon, 4.5%. Um, and then you have, you know, so if the if uh, Tesla did go into the index, by my calculations, it would probably be, oh, I don't know, probably like 0.7-ish percent. Of course, you know, that can change hour by hour, minute by minute. Tesla's a pretty volatile stock. Um, I have no idea whether it's going to go higher, going to go lower. I'll leave that to other people, but... It is sort of interesting um, how much the market cap 
again, that's that's number of shares outstanding times the price will change around. So um, July 22nd is the earnings date. Uh, we'll see if uh, you know anything changes there. Um, it's worth noting too that historically, you know, when you think about uh, a lot of people are pointing to technology having, you know, information technology uh, as of the very end of June was something like 27.5%. Energy was only 2.82%. Material is only 2.5%. Healthcare was just under 15%. If you flip that though, I, I shouldn't say flip it, but if you went back and looked at, you know, the, the S&P 500 index in the 1980s, you would see energy dominate. And that's how that rotation happens. It's market weight based, uh, market cap based, uh, how they weight it. And so as companies, you know, prices go lower, um, they become less of a weight, less of a, an impact on the movement of the underlying index, okay? Um, now, in fact, if you look just to, on a raw, like what were the, the largest companies in the world, 1980 was, you know, IBM, AT&T, Exxon, Standard Oil, Schlumberger, Shell, Mobile, uh, General Electric, Co- Eastman Kodak. Kodak doesn't even trade anymore, right? Um, and then you look at, let's say, during the tech boom. Um, and it was, you know, it was interesting. I remember Microsoft got added, I think it was the late 90s, and to the S&P 500. Previously, they were only on, on the NASDAQ. Uh, but if you look at, you know, 2000, uh, it was Microsoft, Intel. They're still up there. Uh, but Exxon was one of the, the biggest companies. 2001, General Electric was the largest company. Um, so, and then you look at even, you know, now as we mentioned, Apple, Alphabet, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Google, you know, is Tesla going to be in there? We'll see. So hopefully this gives you um, an idea of, what it takes to get into the index, uh, when they rebalance. I'll actually link to a couple things here. There's a trading calendar that the NASDAQ puts out, and it actually shows, um, you know, when the, uh, for example, the Russell 2000 index, when that reconstitution is, when deletions, additions are announced. You can look at option expiration dates, quadruple witching, exchange holidays, uh, but of course, the S&P index rebalances. And the next one I have on here, as I mentioned, September, looks like September 18th, I believe, is the next one. And then you'd have to go to December 18th. Um, you know, these, I think it's normally on a Friday. And prior to that, I think, uh, let's see. Yeah, that would have been... Uh, June 19th was the most recent one. So I'm going to link to that, link to the Fortune article, uh, gives you a little bit of that. Um, I will link to, you know, I, I usually wouldn't link to a Wikipedia, but you know, they they actually, there's a list if you want to see the, the changes, companies going in, companies going out. I thought that was a, a decent resource. And uh, so we'll be following that. Remember, uh, please share this with someone that you think might Uh, enjoy it and might find it valuable. Go ahead and download the past episodes. If you want to give us a a five-star rating, please go ahead and do that and keep the questions coming. Uh, This again was a listener suggestion. Uh, Said, hey, what happens when, how do do we even know if Tesla will get into the 
you know, the, the S&P 500 index. So we'll uh, keep those questions coming. Uh, I'll link to those in the show notes. Uh, and until then, we will talk to you all next week. Have a good week. Bye.